Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Santa, you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> He keeps it low. Goal! Oh! And he's got it! Big Max has got it! It's a slow build-up. Now the little skip. Max to win and he's done it! Melbourne have come off the canvas! They certainly have. They've come off the canvas, a canvas that have been on since 1964, the last time that the D's finished top of the ladder. We all know the stats now. We all know what happened the last time that they finished as minor premiers. And I woke up this morning and I thought to myself, I need to speak to a long-suffering Melbourne supporter. I need to speak to maybe the most jaded Melbourne supporter I can think of. And three of my best mates from Bendigo back home came to mind. I said, no, no. There's only one man that we can speak to to really grasp the magnitude, to really dig into the pain and the sorrow that has been experienced year after year, to truly appreciate how glorious a moment that was. And there's none better than Titus O'Reilly. You can read the Monday Knee Jerk on his Twitter feed and you can see him tomorrow night on the Cheap Seats, Tuesdays, Channel 10, 9 o'clock. Titus O'Reilly, hello, mate. Oh, good to be with you. Uh, we're going to get to that moment uh, in, in just a moment. But for those who aren't familiar with um, the, the journey that you've been on as a D supporter, I I would describe it as the only person I know that's turned year-on-year year disappointment into an actual career. <laughs> <laughs> I do have people say sometimes, what are you going to do if Melbourne is suddenly good? And, I, and I've always been able to say in the past that's something that never worries me. And now it's starting to worry me. Um, mate, with the nine unanswered goals to start this game, so I can only imagine how you were feeling. Uh, but please, in lightness, when they'd kicked nine unanswered the cats to get things going, where was the where were the emotional levels, and how how was everything? It's amazing how quickly you return to form, and you just go straight to, you know, this we're the worst. Everything's the worst. You know, we're never allowed to be happy. And I, I just, uh, I, yeah, I was really contemplating what, like, I actually texted a friend that the worst bit about this is I have to stay up and watch the second half, <laughs> which <laughs> in hindsight was not very, you know, I'm, but I was that flat. We were all, my phone was blowing up with diesel supporters just venting, you know, and, 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 you know, we all throw around the, we need Sam Wiedemann back, you know, like oh. that was saying, <laughs> nine, nine so, goals in the how how early in the piece uh, did that sort of start happening? So when did people start turning on the D's in in this group chat? When did you start to turn? I well, I mean, once you you sort of give up four, and then it's five, and and the one difference this Melbourne side's had this year is the defence is so good it doesn't let those run of five or six goals go against it, which is which is what always happened in previous years. So. About five goals in, I started to get very nervous. <laughs> By the time I got to six, seven, I just thought, 
well, we're done here. This is it. Um, I sort of hope they might fight back and sort of, you know, maybe it was going to be a brave 20-point loss. That was kind of where I was at emotionally, as well as the fact that I was, I think, just stress-eating the whole time. What's your go-to on a stress-eat, Titus? Well, beer. Yeah. Uh, it's not exactly a food. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a whiskey. But uh, it was it was really, you're just starting to think. You know, it's just it, We're like trauma victims. We've been through so much mm. that you just start having, you know, I was at the prelim in 2018. I went over, went over to Perth. And you start spiralling and thinking, oh, my God, is it going to be one of those losses that just mentally ruins us for the final or for years to come? But, uh, you know, no pressure. That was, <laughs> you know, we didn't, <laughs> you know, us footy fans, none of us are sane while the game's on, you know, the things you think. <laughs> because there's there's certain teams that if you, when you're Barry for, if they go through enough success, then you, you, you still don't really lose heart and you'll say, no, we'll find a way, we'll, We'll find a way, but but Melbourne fans have have haven't really been able to have that since the '60s and the '50s. So you're not conditioned to 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 have that sense of belief or um or, or just faith in your side. So it's very it's I know this with my demon mates. It it it's, it's it, it goes very quickly. So the moment that you, it doesn't take long for the it doesn't take much of a gust of wind for the house of cards to fall. No, and also we're built for disappointment. You know, yeah. we can, we know that path, and we we can kind of handle any level of pain or suffering. So, as everyone footy fan knows, it's the hope that kills you. It's you know, so we're very good at shutting that off very quickly. <laughs> and sometimes I think we do it a bit too quickly. So forty four points down in the third, Titus. When in the comeback. Did you start to get a bit antsy again? Did you start to rediscover the belief? Did you start to actually find <laughs> praise coming out of the mouth rather than condemnation? Well, it's, it's, there was a bit where Clayton Oliver scored a goal and that sort of I felt like, okay, well, maybe we're going to once again just narrow it. And then Jeremy Cameron did that brilliant win out, run out on the wing and kicked right to Gary Rowan and he scored a goal. And I just remember thinking, well, that's the comeback knocked on its head. Yep. But yep. then there was just a couple of goals. And I think the thing is watching the replay back, which I, I may have done three or ten times, <laughs> um, you notice that bit where how late the comeback comes, you know. Really, like still 33 points at, at three-quarter time. So even at three-quarter time, I was like, okay, I think the best we can have, we might salvage a disaster and be close enough to kind of go into the finals with an okay mindset. But even at three-quarter time, I wasn't thinking we're going to win. I, I often think in those moments that I, I'd almost compare um, Melbourne fans to Victorians living through COVID. You, you, you think you're coming out of it. You think you're getting out of a lockdown <laughs> and you get a couple of weeks <laughs> in and then go... Uh, we're going straight back in, aren't we? This is we're just we're just going straight back in. Uh, that's I think that's. So you've lived a life of that as a Melbourne fan of what we're living now as Victorians. <laughs> well, I always say like I've always been. It's, I imagine being a Melbourne supporter. It's a bit like being in one of those doomsday cults that keep predicting the end of the world, but it keeps not happening. <laughs> so, so you're always saying, "Oh, we're going to come good this year," and then of course it never happens. But you've kind of put too much effort into pull out to sort of say, oh, I won't do this anymore. So you keep going. And uh, it just, you know, I mean, I this is how nuts I am. I, in the Mark Neald era, I used to 
ticked the box in my membership form that said you could pay an extra $100 and it would reserve you a grand final seat if you made it. Wow. And I used to do that in the, in the Mark Neal era. <laughs> I look back and think, that's, that's the definition of insanity when you're sort of that committed to the club. You're almost a sadist, aren't you? <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I used to do that in 2009, and then I read something that said if I put $100 in Bitcoin in 2009, it would now be worth $64 million. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind, of, you kind of sometimes have those moments where you wonder, is this ever going to pay off? <laughs> Uh, it, it, just in, just so, it just because uh, you obviously did need just a little bit of extra uh, example of uh, a reminder of the pain that you've suffered. You need to now know what could have been uh, if you had to go and done gone and done something completely different with your life that had nothing to do with. So it's not even if I had a barrack for another team. You're now looking at examples of if I just had have had other interests. Oh, that, that, that's the whole thing, isn't it? Like the amount of if I put the time and effort into barracking for Melbourne to anything productive. I'd probably, oh. you know, I probably would have solved COVID by now. You know, it's, it's sort of, it's bizarre. I mean, the thing I was always think for us footy fans, and you only get it if you're a footy fan, and we do it no matter what. But to base your happiness, I've been smiling all week since the victory, and I think, is there anything else in the world where you'd say I'm going to choose my mood based on how a bunch of twenty year olds perform on the weekend? If you just picked any random group of 20-year-olds and said, how are they going to go on the nightclub will make me feel happy or not, that would be odd. But with footy, it makes every bit of sense. Yeah, well, I think you're right. Nightclub owners are the only other people that their lives are lived that way. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, right. So the, the, what, I, what I loved about this game is, in true almost Melbourne fashion, the series, the, 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 the calamitous events that ensued to get this win and and I was reading the Monday Knee Jerk on your Twitter today, and and it's something that hasn't been brought up enough or at all, I don't think, is it actually starts, the, the, the light still flickers when Cameron and Henderson collide inexplicably inside Ford 50, and that event sets off a chain of events that ends up with the ball in Max Gorn's hands. Well, that's right. I mean, it hadn't been nuts enough the whole game, but then, you know, Melbourne got within two points and then, they sort of stopped. They just couldn't score. Mm. And I think Cameron hit the point at one point and then the ball goes down the back. And I think that would have been a, a goal except they collapse, collide and took themselves down. And then it went forward. It bounced around for a while. Then there was that out-of-bounds intentional call that, you know, that, that had me throwing something at the television. <laughs> <laughs> And then you had the out-of-bounds on the full with the 50-metre penalty pay, which I think you can make an argument it was there, but then you also know, even as a Melbourne supporter, you know, even if it's technically there, you know that doesn't always get called. Um, but even that is stranger enough. But then you get leave it go for and does that little chip kick. I mean, where are the odds of Max catch? You know, nine times out of ten, he doesn't mark that ball. Geelong have all their tall timber down there. But this is this is the stuff that had to go in your favour. You, you had to have no Tom Stewart there, and, and remarkably the most experienced team uh, in the competition. So nobody in football has heard the phrase man up more than Geelong players because they've been playing the game with more 30-year-olds than anyone, longer than anybody. So there's phrases that have been used in football since your first day in Auskick, right through to your last. Man up, 
grab a jumper, just bloody kick it. I, I, I don't know any other three phrases, but the, inexplicably they let him go by himself, the most experienced team in the competition. When, when, did you notice that he was standing there by himself? Well, I, I, on the TV, I couldn't really see properly, but I noticed, one, I thought Lever was going to try and kick the goal, you know, because mm. there was just so, no time left. And and he, how often did your team do that kick and it just gets pushed, bounced through, the, you know, for a behind, pushed, punched through for behind or run out again? So when he did that little chip, I'm just thinking, well, this is that's it. This isn't going to work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe Cosby will, re- re- like, maybe... Rove this if it hits the ground, but then for him just to be so open was just you know just absolutely bizarre. And you could see the Geelong defenders all sort of looking at each other, uh, you know, sort of wondering what had gone on. But it was just one of those nights where you know you you win those games, and it it if you look back with hindsight, it seems like destiny. But really, it's just a series of bizarre occurrences. And, you know, that last 40... If you go back and watch that last 40 seconds, which I know Cats fans won't want to, it is... It's a mini epic. It is. In the middle of this amazing game. You're 100% right. I mean, that's... There's there's drama in that. You know, I've often used the expression "more twists and turns" in an M Night Shyamalan film, and that wouldn't have even been doing this justice. But uh, so when he's lining up the goal, because everyone's mind goes back to 2018 MCG, similar spot, similar distance, and we thought he's just going to be a similar result. Max, I think his set shot kicking off the top of my head, I, I don't think it's in the positive uh, of the of the equation. Um, when he first no, marked he, it, he's missed. He's missed them all. Like he's missed them while he's got a bit better. He's missed them during the year. So it's not like as a Milton supporter, you, he, he, it's it's not Tom McDonald lined up there or something where you go. No. Um, you know, <laughs> in fact, the fact that it was on in so close, but on a bit of an angle, made me even more nervous. The the um. But did you? Because when he marked it, I, I turned to my partner and said, "Yeah, this is this is game over. Cats are going to win this." But I looked again when he resettled himself. Did you know? I heard Bob Murphy talking about it today. He actually resettled himself and let the moment sort of wash over him. And I went, "Oh, hang on a minute," because I reckon he's rushed all those before th- those kicks. But he seemed to really bask in it almost. Well, he, he went to go in, and then the siren yeah. went, and then he went back and sort of resettled. And I did love watching Clayton Oliver and Patrick Dangerfield chatting to each other while this was <laughs> happening, like like they were waiting for a bus. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and do you know what it said to me is that Paddy Dangerfield wasn't concerned at all, and Clayton Oliver thought, "Oh, this is done and dusted as well." Yeah, I mean, and it got to the point, and you, you know, you, it's funny how you negotiate in your mind as a fan. I was sort of going. Well, even if he misses, it's been an amazing comeback. Yeah, oh, that, <laughs> you, know, oh, you were there. To, you were being gracious. Yeah, the, <laughs> you're, you're trying to soften the blow, and you know, I, you know, but then you know, really, you're, all you care about is actually kicking that. And yeah. it was that weird one where you, you're pretty confident he should kick it, but just because it's Max and it's, oh, and we see better goal kickers than Max kick that. You know, you'd only need to slip or, and given what had happened in the match as a whole, but even in the previous 40 seconds, mm. you just thought, well, any, I mean, this is, you don't know those games, and this was definitely one of them, where you suddenly realise the normal rules of football don't apply and just anything could happen. Yeah, nothing just made anything. sense. Nothing yeah, made sense. Exactly. So I was in that mindset as well of going, 
geez, you know. But then to do it, the thing that the number one thing I got from Melbourne supporters chatting to them afterwards was just, you know, that we never do this. We this is a new thing, and I've said this from about halfway through this season with this team. People say to me, "Do you think they can win the premiership?" And I, I've said, none of us know. But for the first time in my life, I feel like this Melbourne team can write its own history. It's not, it's not going to be dictated by the past. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to go on and win a premiership because we all know how hard that is. But it's the first team I've ever seen that I think has the ability to, to not have to worry about the past. They're just going to do what they're going to do. And, no. and how far that goes, I don't know. But it's, that's the huge difference as Melbourne supporters to just not feel as tied to the past. And this was a bit of a gentle reminder to our supporters that we shouldn't go back to worrying like we used to. Uh, I love that. And and to make sure that I, I honour that feeling in the right way, I am actually going to now attempt to tie you to the past. So um, the <laughs> the I, I brought this up earlier. So I look, looking at like sometimes sport loves symmetry, Titus. Speaking of Titus O'Reilly, uh, you'll see him tomorrow night uh, on the cheap seats on Channel 10 uh, from 9 o'clock. And read the Monday Knee Jerk uh, and, and make sure you do follow him on Twitter. It is good. Uh, I won't say clean, wholesome fun, but it certainly is fun. Uh, so let sport often loves symmetry. So obviously we know 1964, last time you finished on top of the ladder, was the last time you won a premiership. Uh, eight out of nine times that you finished on top of the ladder, you've won premierships. But back in 1964, uh, that also was an Olympic year. And do you know where the Olympics were played that year? Oh, the Olympics well, that were held was Tokyo. that was Tokyo. So that's what this year is. And then I started to try and extrapolate that out and try to find any tenuous link I could. And I thought, well, when was the last <laughs> Olympics? Well, that was 2016. Now, what happened, Titus, in 2016? What was 2016 the sporting year of? Well, uh, I'm trying to... Rio. Yeah, so it there was, was an Olympic year. Zika. The Zika virus. So there you go. A another virus. Pandemic. Another pandemic. <laughs> and also, it was the year of the drought break. So the dogs, right, yeah. 62 years. The Chicago Cubs, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Leicester, Cronulla Sharks, 49 years. Portugal won their first Euro. The Hurricanes won their first Super Rugby title in 21 years. Now, I don't want to get your hopes up, but already this year, in 2021, Olympic year, Tokyo, You've had the Milwaukee Bucks win their first title in 50 years. We've had our first Wimbledon winner in 42 years. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama became the first Japanese player to win a, a golf master. So I'm getting a bit obscure here. Uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I don't know if 18 years can be a drought, but it was 18 years since their last Super Bowl. So there, there are planets aligning. <laughs> well, I've always thought that's got what it's going to take. <laughs> you know, a, a planet, you know, sort of... On a universal scale, forces would have to move together. Does, does that give you any comfort? Does that give you any comfort or solace at all? Uh, not really. <laughs> 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 I mean, the thing I've always said is, it's just, and we all know this, how, I think we underestimate, especially because we've had sort of Hawthorne and Richmond recently winning a few, it's just how hard it is to even win one premiership. Hmm. It's way harder than we give credit for. You know, people sort of say, oh, they just want one. I mean, so much has to go right. And especially this year where you're not even playing at home. There might not be fans. You just don't know what's going to happen. It actually, I mean, we've had game. it actually seems like it's easier to win multiple than it is to win a single uh, in recent times. I think it's so hard to get to that level. Yeah. And then if you do you've got this edge uh, is sort of my very amateurish 
feeling about it. It's almost like what, if you can get there, you, and, and then I think to maintain that level is so hard that like we've seen with Richmond this year and Hawthorne before and the bridge and lines going back further, when that end comes, the, the toll of doing that for three, four years is so high that when the end comes, it comes pretty fast. It's a pretty rapid drop-off. So, and so I think ro- that's like just too hard to maintain up there. Sorry, mate, I interrupted you there. So to finish off, what's your advice to fellow Demon fans and members? What's your mental approach to what's to come over the next couple of weeks? So Saturday night, you'll be up against the Lions. How 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 are you banding together as a, a group of, you know, downtrodden, um, <laughs> you know, perennially let down uh, group of fans? I, I, I'm just going to enjoy it. I, I've I've said this to people before. You know, people point out to you, and I call it de-splaining. You know, it's sort of like mansplaining. It's when <laughs> other fans say to me, you know, football can turn out badly. And I'm like, you don't need to tell me as a Wilms supporter that things could go wrong. <laughs> so we know that, but I've just decided I'm just going to enjoy this. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to, you know, catastrophize that things are going to go badly. I'm just going to enjoy it if... If it doesn't work, it doesn't work out. But this is beyond anything we'd probably have hoped for at the start of the season. And, you know, you got to, when it's good, you got to enjoy it because we've done the bad. We've done it for so long. And so if you're not going to enjoy it when you're a very good side and you're doing wins like we did on Saturday night, and that's not about getting ahead of yourself, it's just when else are you going to enjoy it? <laughs> if you're not enjoying this, what's the point of the last, you know, 50, 60 odd years that we've just gone through? Uh, it's a great point, and, and the only thing I think that might, uh, the other thing I think might help you out as well, if I could finish on this with you, because you've been so gracious with your time, the, the the Norm Smith curse is something that gets brought up a lot from from Demons yeah. fans about how he was treated uh, at the end of his tenure uh, at Melbourne. Now, to, for a curse to end, there has to be another curse to take its place. Somebody has to actually go and be responsible for ending a curse. Sean Burgoyne <laughs> ended the Kennett curse. Now. For Melbourne fans, I think Jeff Kennett might have just helped you out again. I think Jeff Kennett might have created another Kennett curse. It'll be the Clarko curse. The way that Hawthorne have got rid of Alistair Clarkson might just take all that curse power away from Melbourne and plant it firmly and squarely uh, down at at Waverley. So this could be another piece of symmetry. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, I think you need some, and, and this is the thing about you know what our, we believe as footy fans. You know, I always say to people who aren't footy fans, you know, every footy fan has turned on the TV to watch their team. They've started winning, losing, and they've thought, "This is because I turned the telly on." You know, if I turn the telly <laughs> off, every footy fan has, has done that. Like that's our logic. So it makes complete sense to me that. Uh, Jeff Kennett's done us a favour. But to be honest, every non-Hawthorne fan is thrilled what, with what Kennett's done, which is what's making Hawthorne supporters so nervous. Well, that's a conversation for another day, and then I can take your place as the, uh, as the wronged <laughs> and downtrodden party. Mate, thank you so much. Always great to chat to you. Enjoy the next few weeks, and we'll hopefully catch up with you again. Uh, touch wood, fingers crossed, no jinxes uh, before a, uh, a Melbourne grand final appearance. Oh, thanks very much. Cheers. 
It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.